right. It was nice outside. I walked around outside before church and just prayed out there. I was like, man, we should have church outside. It's like 70-something degrees out there. Huh? It's not too late. Well, he took my, but he took my Bluetooth speaker. That's what I would use. I could yell. But uh, we're not, I don't think we're going to be too terribly long, so you guys will be able to, to, to go enjoy the rest of the day. Um, we, we, Tracy and I had to swap up. Yesterday I had to take Jordan to Foley to a volleyball tournament, and Tracy was with Trinity for her prom, which apparently is like an all-day event with all the makeup and hair and everything like that. So. Pre-wedding. Pre-wedding. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. You be careful because I know how prophetic you are. I don't just throw that stuff around like that. <laughs> We're going to talk about gifting, but you ain't got to operate just yet. So that's a way to practice this, right? All right, so, uh, so yeah, so we're kind of juggling. So Tracy's actually in Foley today for that, and then I'm here. So uh, pray, we're going to pray for them, and make, hopefully they do well. It's Jordan's last tournament, which is, I'm kind of sad, but kind of, woo There's <laughs> a lot of traveling with that and a lot of, a lot of stuff that goes on to kind of make it all happen. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for, uh, for continuing to pray for us. We, I told you y'all last week we were supposed to close on our house on 5-7, which is awesome. Um, we've been six months, you know, not homeless, homeless, but renting and not knowing where we were going to go. And so it's nice to actually know where we're going to go. And the, the lady that's selling us the house has been so sweet. Every time we turn around, we just, she contacts us about every little detail. Well, this is this and this is this. And we were able to help her, give her some totes so she can kind of move because we had a bunch of extra totes. So it's been really cool um, to just build a relationship with somebody new that's selling us the house. It's kind of like we're selling our old house. We build relationships with the people that bought our house. Everybody's like, is this weird? I'm like, I don't know. This is normal, I guess. This is what we do. Um, speaking of, I met, I met a guy. I'm going to get to my sermon, prob- probably. Uh, I met a guy yesterday that was, you know, I'm into Jeeps and everything, and I met him, and we got to talking, and I swear I, I, I don't bring up that I'm a pastor, and I don't just, like, bombard people with, with the gospel. It just always seems to come up in conversation, which is awesome. It should. Um, and we got to talking, and we were talking about Jeeps, different things, and his history, and jet skis, and different things like that that he liked, and... Somehow we had a mutual friend that I met in Mississippi at some Jeep event, and he was like, oh, yeah, uh, I know Jason. He, uh, <clears throat> I'm the one that uh, got him to start going to church. You know, he used to be kind of wild, and we did this. And I, said, and I was like, really? I was like, are you Christian? He's like, yeah. And I was like, well, small world. Jason came to our last Cars and Caffeine, brought his Jeep out here. And I was like, man, this is crazy. And so we got to sit there and talk about the Lord. And one of the things he said, uh, he said, it was either Jason or somebody else asked him why he was happy all the time. And I thought that was such a great testimony about the gospel. Why are you happy all the time? And what a cool thing to be, even especially in the midst of things that aren't always happy. I don't know if you've been alive more than two minutes, but things aren't always happy. Our, our circumstances aren't always perfect, but to, to have joy in the midst of that is in, a, a bit intoxicating when you get around it, right? You've been around people like that. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's somebody else. Sometimes they're annoying, but you, <laughs> no. but you do, when you get around people like that, that are, that are just genuine in how much they love and and genuine and how happy they are, regardless of what's going on around them, there is something that draws you towards that, and it's the Holy Spirit. I've told you guys many times, it was what I saw in my friend when I passed him in the break room years ago in the, when I worked at, uh, at a plant here in Theodore, and it was the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what to call it because I didn't really know what that meant, but what I saw in him was something real. It wasn't just, you know, this guy that goes to church and wants to make me, you know, follow these rules or dress a certain way or do anything. I saw life. I saw something different in him that wasn't that I, I hadn't I hadn't really experienced it like that. And it was the Holy Spirit. I was drawn to it. Really, it was God speaking through him to me, which is really cool. All right, man, I went off on a tangent there. What I want to talk about is is gifts. This was a slightly modified version of the sermon I was going to preach last week that I bailed on. Um, we're continuing in the gifts, and there's a key word here, and it's and an, it's funny because I'm glad I didn't do this because I've modified it because this word stood out to me. Um, when I went to look over it this morning, and I'm really going to focus most of my attention on this one word that stood out to me that I did not see at all last week, and that word is manifestation. 1 Corinthians 12.7 is where we kind of started with the gifts and talking about the gifts. It is a, to, to kind of bring you up to speed, if you haven't been here, if you don't know kind of what's going on, Paul is responding to things that are already happening in the church in Corinth, okay? People are doing things, things are happening. And so we always talk about, especially in our church, too, we want life to beg for structure, not structure beg for life. Now, that, that sounds kind of catchy because we say it a lot, 
but this is exactly what's going on here. Life is beginning to happen. The Holy Spirit is moving. God is doing things, and they are, they are affected by it. And that word manifestation is what's happening. So there's a manifestation of these gifts that's coming out of these people, and they're, they're, they're just needing some direction. And that's all that he's doing is trying to address that. He's not trying to create this perfect outline of what these things are supposed to look like exactly. He's just trying to help them go in the right direction with what they already have going on. Does that make sense? So what happens when, um, when someone gets saved and the Holy Spirit comes, uh, begins to transform them from the inside out is things do begin to change in their life. They see things differently, right? Most of you, if, you're, if you've been born again, you, you understand this. It's, it's a completely different outlook on life. It, every, <laughs> everything has changed. And it takes a long time, probably the rest of your life, to really unpack all of what that means. Just like Lauren was saying, it's, it's simple, but it's overwhelming. It's, it's bigger than you could ever imagine, but it's, it's simple in, in understanding what it is. It's a very simple idea. So what's happening here when he says, uh, but the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And we'll stop there. We've gone over and over and over again with this about what the purpose behind our gifts are. And the purpose is what? What is our purpose behind the gifts that we have? Do what? For the profiting the body, for the building up of the body. Right. And yeah, to glorify the Father. So what, what we do is we have to recognize that there is a purpose behind what we do. It's not, we're not just, and this is what's so hard about teaching through giftings because you, it's, and I've seen other people and I have a tendency to do it too, is you want to just tackle these things one by one and do teachings on them individually and what they look like and how you should do them. But I don't think that's what he's doing here. He's not just teaching through these. He's saying these things are happening. Now let's, let's see what that looks like and why these things are happening, okay? So he's, he's looking at a kind of a cause and effect. So what, what I'm seeing here in this manifestation is it's not, the manifestation is the effect, not the cause, okay? The gifting is not just a thing that we grab a hold of. The, the manifestation of the gifts is an effect of the Holy Spirit coming to live with us. Does that make sense? So you... The, the, the reality that we find ourselves in and the power that we get is from, from God with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. From that place, the manifestation is going to be the gifts. So there's a cause and an effect. I think it's easy for us to get derailed and start to look at these and, and a lot of times unhealthily we'll look at these giftings as though we've accomplished something and then we begin to hold our shoulders back like we're, and you've probably heard some terminology like, uh, you know, we're the anointed one and we can do this and we can do that and everyone tries to bring people to this one person. And the problem with that is that's not what Paul is teaching here. He's saying it's to build one another up, not to glorify yourself. But clearly the Bible tells us that we don't, we don't boast. We boast in the Lord alone. We're not out here to, to try to prove that we can do something that someone else can't do. So it goes on to, to list those things in detail. Um, at the very end it says, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago too. As he wills is a key verse there, too, because it's not up to us. We have to understand that the giftings aren't something that we just need to, to practice and hone down to a perfection. Giftings, the manifestation of the giftings are for the benefit of other people, okay? So what dictates your gifting, this is, I really hope we can catch this. What dictates your, I can't talk, dictates your gifting. What dictates your gifting is not your abilities. It's someone else's need. Does that make sense? So when we say, well, I'm gifted in this area, I need to practice it, or I need to hone these skills. Be careful with that. I'm not saying you don't need to be aware of your giftings. I'm saying you need to submit your giftings to the needs of others. Because ultimately, that's what's going to dictate your giftings. Because that's the purpose of them. It says it very clearly there. It's to build up the church. It's to build up the body as he wills. So what I've found more times than not is areas that I thought that I was super gifted in, the Lord will lead me into an area where someone else needs needs another manifestation of the gifts that I may not think that I'm super gifted in. Does that make sense? One perfect example is youth. I used to, not that I don't love youth anymore, but I used to, that was like my thing. I was the youth pastor. I did the youth thing. Well, now I'm, I'm pastoring here, and I've lost some of that passion for, for being youth pastor. I'm just being transparent as if I'm not always. But when I get up there on Wednesday nights, it comes back. Why? Because they need it. It's not about whether I'm you know, cool pastor, youth pastor guy, and I'm, I make jokes, and I have to figure out all these stupid things that they do, and whatever it is. <laughs> but TikToks, and you know, just on the, on the TikToks and the Instagrams, the tweeters. But I'm just saying the the 
when once I'm in there, and I'm telling you, I, I want you guys to know that we a lot, many, many, many Wednesdays, most Wednesdays, we have over 30 kids up there, half of which don't come on here on Sundays. The reason we do what we do, and I'm, we, don't, we don't have anybody else really to fill that position right now, is because we need it. Because I see that the kids need someone to teach them and to help them in these areas. It's not because I think I'm cool because I've lost that a long time ago. I realized I was not a long time ago, right? Does this make sense? Same thing, and I'll even go back to when Mark came to me about pastoring here. I thought, yeah, maybe it was always that one day thing. Maybe one day I'll do something like that. And then Mark came to me with it, and I was like, I wasn't thinking this day, <laughs> you know. Um, but the need, there was a need there, and I love you guys. And I saw that there was something there, and the Lord made up the difference where I didn't have, does that make sense? I, I didn't go to seminary, and I haven't, you know, I haven't been to Bible school and different things like that, but it doesn't mean that I don't read Scripture and I don't understand, and he can't enlighten me in some of these ways, and the Holy Spirit can bring these things to light where I would have gone crazy in school anyway because it's just not me. And so I've had to lean on the Lord in those areas. Why? Because Not because I need to prove anything to anybody. I don't. It's because I feel like it's needed. I feel like the gospel is needed in our church and everywhere else, right? Does this make sense? In the same way, when you guys find yourself in positions, whether it's work or school or, or in life or whatever it is, I'll, I'll give another example. I, I'm pretty sure that Andrew Melissa did not wake up one morning and say, you know what, I think I'm gifted in yard sailing. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think that, I, think that I, I would like to do yard sailing. I'd like to go through people's old stuff, all their crap that they don't want, and I want to sell it. This is going to be fun. I want to move chairs and vacuum. This is going to be really cool. I feel like I'm gifted in yard sailing. No. Why did they, why did they come up here yesterday and do everything that they did? <laughs> Thank you for making me laugh because I was about to cry. Because they, there you go. And they're crazy. They're crazy. But seriously, because they, because they love, they love, and how much money did you raise? 800, 900 bucks? And we're and we're able to bless, we're able to bless a ministry in Honduras and also a local ministry at, at Light of the Village as well with some of the bake sale stuff, right? Probably and probably Addie too. That that is do what? No, don't be sorry. What'd you say? Anything cool? Oh, anything cool happened? Cool. So. What, what, they, what, what we all see collectively, what we all see is that there's a need for the sharing of the gospel, right? In those areas, you're going to find yourself in positions where you're not, you, you're not enough. Most of the time for me. I don't know about you. But I can do all things. Why? Because it's Christ who strengthens me, not me. Those giftings, he wills those giftings in us. We talk about... we. It's fun to talk about the miraculous, like the healing gift, I mean, to, to healing. And that's one of the gifts I want to talk about today is healing. And those are fun. Those are cool. But all of them are supernatural because none of them we could do on our own anyway. But we'll talk about healing just for a little bit. Before we get to that, I just have to make a couple blanket statements too. Each one of these manifestations are all supernatural, miraculous manifestations directly from the Holy Spirit himself. Any Christian can manifest any or all of these gifts as God wills. Don't try to limit yourself to something. Also, I tell the kids this all the time in youth, don't put so much faith in your personality. Personalities change. My mom's back there. She could tell you, I was a quiet kid. I would never talk. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Huh? I was three before I spoke, and I would, like, I'd play in my closet and, like, fall asleep in the closet. I'd hide from people. I was, like, real introvert. And and I'm not anymore. (laughs) Not even close. What? Big surprise, right? <laughs> Only when I make a tent in a clubhouse. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's enough. I'm going. I'm, so many jokes. All right. Any Christian can manifest any any Christian can manifest any or all of these gifts as God wills. What He does teach us here is to desire the greater gift, which we talked about a few weeks ago, which is prophecy. Why is it prophecy? Prophecy is not, we've established this through me and Buddy talking about it way too extensively. It's not a crystal ball where you go, ooh. It can be a foretelling. Prophecy can be foretelling of something coming. It can be a declaration of something that's happening right now. And it can be a teaching. 
It can be uh, um, uh, helping someone along and relationship building. Prophecy is much bigger. It's one of those, <laughs> Lauren, your, your, your phrase keeps coming back. It's one of those things that's simple but overwhelming. Prophecy is bigger than just a, just a, a crystal ball type thing. So when these guys were singing, they were prophesying, man. That's why my spirit just connects when we sing these things about God being good because that's truth. It's like, he is good. He is so good. And when we do these things, this is the, this is, that was the same thing, them manifesting their gift to us, which was speaking the good news of the gospel through singing. When I'm up here talking, we're talking about the gospel, the good news of Jesus. When we go out and we, when we pray with people, you know, is it better that I, I tell you to take your mat up and walk or that your sins are forgiven? Listen, it's, it's sozo. It's all of it. It's saved, healed, and delivered. Don't try to limit it to something smaller than it is. The kingdom is much bigger and much more multifaceted than what you think that you may be gifted in. As God wills, submit to him and operate in your giftings. And don't try to put a box around that. We've seen time and time again when we try to put a box around God, he, don't, he doesn't fit well in boxes. Allow him to use you in areas that you could never do on your own anyway. One of the things, if you, you guys know me, and I like, I like working on things, anything with an engine. Uh, specifically, I, I somehow out of high school just stumbled on Jeeps, and they're just, Jeeps are one of the most customized vehicles in the universe. Like, there's no other vehicle that has been more customized than Jeeps. They, they just are. Everybody buys bumpers and fenders and smiley faces and stickers, and they're just the most customized vehicle from the mall to the mountains. Everybody loves Jeeps. Jeeps are horrible vehicles. Just straight up, they are the, probably the worst vehicle you could buy as a modern-day commute car. It has a tent on the roof. It has horrible suspension. It has solid axles, primitive steering with bars. It, for driving on the road, they're horrible. 90% of people drive Jeeps on the road. They're great off-road vehicles, but most people don't go off-road with them, right? I'm going somewhere with this. I, I love customizing vehicles. I love... Uh, allowing my personality. <laughs> she just wants to talk. She's all right. Huh? Give her a microphone. <laughs> so, uh, so one of the things I love about customizing in general, but also Jeeps is you, your personality kind of comes out in when you customize a vehicle, right? So there are better vehicles, and people will ask me, like, for their teenager, what kind of car should I get my teenager? I'm like, a Honda Accord or, I mean, a, yeah, a Honda Accord or a Civic, something like that, or a Toyota Camry. Those are good, practical, reliable vehicles. And they're like, well, yeah, but your daughter has a Jeep. I'm like, yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, don't know I know, but I know that those are practical and that's impractical. But they're fun. Jeeps are fun. They just are. You take the top off, you take the doors off. There's nothing like it. Like, I could tell you about it, but until you're driving down the road with big tires and no doors, it's just it's a different type of experience. It, it genuinely is. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going somewhere with this. I'll get to it eventually. Um, so there, there are those two things. I'm not trying to criticize people for driving Honda Accords or Jeeps. Just they're two different things. So when we, I think when we, when we, when we walk through this life and we try to figure out what we're going to do and what the, what it's going to look like, Christianity as a whole, or this this um, this Christ life that we live, that is full of the miraculous and sometimes the odd, um, can can not fit into our own paradigm, our own vision of what that's supposed to look like. It's one of the reasons I got freaked out when I first went when I went from a uh, I guess a more, I don't know what you'd call it, traditional style church to begin to see how God was really still moving and still doing things. There were times when I wanted to like go back because I was like, this is a little bit weird, right? Or this is a little bit, I don't know, I don't really know what to do with all this. But just like Mark used to always say, once you, you can't unring that bell. Like once you see it, and it's not just a story, it's a reality. And once you build relationships and see how it works in, in and through people's lives, you can't really go back. It's like the, you've seen the movie The Matrix. You can't take the other pill. You've already seen this, this, new, this new reality. And so I think when we, we really cheapen the miraculous, especially healing, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of focus on healing a little bit, is when we say, well, and I've, I'm going to try to say this as eloquently as possible without trying to, I don't know. I don't think we need to like practice these things as though we're going to get better at them. That sounds kind of bad. Because I've seen people say, well, God, this is going to sound rough, but I've seen people say, well, just start with like the, the simple one where you can just like grow a leg longer, right? Have you all ever heard that? Just start with this one and then, man, to me, 
That seems opposite of what I see in Scripture. Like, allow the Lord to tell you to, to like, grow someone's arm that's not there. Don't start small and, like, try to build up to something. And I know we're timid at times, but I think when we do that, we put too much emphasis on our ability to do something. It's not about our ability. It's not about your nerve or your boldness. It's about his. It's not a lack of healing gift. It's a lack of faith in who the healer is. When, once you get that, you become, you become bold. But you're emboldened not by your practicing it. You're emboldened by the one who gave it to you. And the one who's telling you. Because I promise you, I will tell you from experience, my first response is like, no. <laughs> I am not doing that. Right? Am I alone? <laughs> but why am I responding to that? It's not because I'm schizophrenic and have voices in my head. I'm responding to it because the Holy Spirit is telling me to do something that he knows needs to be done, and he's, he's trying to include me in something he's going to do anyway. That's the beauty of it. He does, I always say, I've been saying this a lot lately, but he does all the heavy lifting. We, we're yoked up with the stronger ox here. We're getting drug along like, ooh, this is fun. <laughs> right? Oh, do what? I'm going to use three legs. <laughs> I'm just going to go. So, all right. Do what? Exactly. Even, and here's the thing. Even if you did grow a leg in it, that's huge. Even if you did that, why are you even treating that like it's not a big deal? All right. I'm, I'm, I don't want to harp on that too much. I'm getting in trouble. Um, manifestation. Let's look at the legitimate definition of manifestation. The Greek is phanerosis. It's an exhibition, expression, display, or demonstration. It is an exhibition, expression, display, or demonstration, dot, 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 of something, right? It's not just an expression. It can't just be an exhibition. It has to be of something. What is it of? It's from the Holy Spirit. It's of the Holy Spirit. When you have a manifestation of a gift, it is from the Holy Spirit. What is the result when the Holy Spirit manifests? Anybody? Miracles is one. It draws people. It is life. When when you when you manifest in a, in any gifting, and I'm not I'm we're going to talk. I'm eventually going to get to healing, hopefully. But any gifting, you are manifesting the Holy Spirit. Whether it's a gift that grows a leg, replaces an eye, um, gives a hug, whatever whatever that gifting is, um, teaches. Is another gifting. If it teaches, whatever it is, whatever that gifting is, it's when it manifests itself, it should bring life. Not not just a healing, not just learning, not just correction. It shouldn't just do these things. That is the that is that is just something that comes with it, with the kingdom. Those are all good. We want those, but there's a purpose behind them. It's for the building up of people. Go ahead. Right. And, <laughs> all right, if you didn't hear it on, on the internet, um, Pam said it's, it is, what, say it one more time, the definition? Display in light. A display in light. And so I've told, <laughs> she doesn't want to talk on the mic. So it's a display in light. And so I've told the kids and youth this several times, like if, if I could, if there was like a layer between like the sky and in heaven, and I could peel just a little bit back, and you could see everything in heaven just a little bit. How far would I need to peel it back before you believe that it was there? Not very much, right? I mean, just enough to be able to see through just a, a peephole of it. That's how this works. When you manifest the Holy Spirit, when life comes, it it doesn't have to be everything all at once. It can't be. We can't take it anyway. But just a taste of new life, and people are drawn to it. It's a reality that you can't unsee. It's it's it is life. It's real life. Not just what we call, uh, you know, finite life. It's eternal life. And with it comes joy and peace and righteousness and all these things that the kingdom possesses. And so when we go out and we talk about healing and we talk about uh, operating in our giftings, we have to understand the purpose behind what we're doing. All right. Acts 3.1. It says, one day Peter and John 
We're going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, uh, a man who was lame from birth, excuse me, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them, gave them his attention, expecting to, get, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went, to the, then he went with them to the, into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who, who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to, to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murder be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this by faith in the name of Jesus, not faith in the miracle itself. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see now was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Do you see what's happened here? A very natural thing when they saw two men give something that they said that they had, right? You can't give away something you don't have. They gave away something that he had, that they had, and they immediately go to them, and they're amazed at them, and the, the right thing to do is they said, why are you guys looking at us? Why are you surprised at this? Jesus is the one that makes this possible. Jesus is the one that gives us any, any inkling that we could do any of this stuff. Yes. That miracle opened the door for the preaching of the gospel. Yep. And a lot of times that happens. Mm -hmm. I like, like you said, it's not up to us to worry about the results. It's up to us to be obedient. And a lot of times, based on what we've seen, a lot of times a miracle will be a dinner bill for salvation for many. There are many that, that believe that way. Of course, there are always going to be people that don't, and there will be people that mock. But in this instance, it opened the door for the gospel to be preached. And I, along those same lines, I think that's why a lot of times when we see people um, that are saved, they will immediately begin to speak in tongues, like right after they're saved. I think it's, it's that, and that's probably one of the reasons why we really put so much emphasis on that. For whatever reason, we put it on that one thing. I think it's because something tangible that we could see that happened that we thought, well, that's an evidence of something, right? And so I think in the same way, when we see the manifestation of a gifting, we have to be careful not to grab on just to that. We have to see what's actually happening. There's more there. It's not just that. That's a good thing. We, Paul's very clear. Man, I want you all to speak in it more than I do. But he says, I want you to seek the greater gift, which is prophecy, which is tell the good news of the gospel. Tell, tell them who Jesus is. Tell them about the Lord. And see how new life will begin to bubble up in people and and. And, and it will be a reality to them. It won't just be an idea or a theory, right? Or just a, a, an intellectual understanding. It will be life. Yeah. I think, like, even Paul, who is, like, you know, a scholar's scholar and, you know, genius guy, he's like, when I came to you, I didn't come with persuasive words. I mean, he could have. He mm -hmm. could have probably argued him into, <laughs> you know, Jesus. You know, yeah. He can do everything. But he, he, he chose to kind of lay all that down, and he's like, you know, it's better if I just demonstrate it. You know, he came with demonstration yep. and power. And, and if you read through Acts, like, that's, that's how it happens, like, almost every, not that there's a formula, but, like, usually they're just, like, you know, going to the store, something happens, draws a crowd, and they're like, oh, you know, it's, mm -hmm. while you're here. <laughs> but it, it, it's usually, you know, you know, actual demonstration followed by the preaching, you know. I mean, not that it always happens that way. I mean, sometimes... Yeah, it's just well, I, th I talk think to somebody, it, but I think it, it, also, it also paints a picture of what what the spreading of the gospel should look like. It's not just Sunday mornings here; it's it's all the time, everywhere. And most of the time, it's sitting down when you eat. Thank God, it's over bread, breaking bread, and I don't know crawfish or whatever you're eating. Um, I th oh, I got crawfish on my shirt. That's why Trinity got me a crawfish shirt for my birthday. It's got tiny crawfishes on it. But I don't have anything this color blue or this color. I don't know what it is. Shoes. 
So I just wear great shoes. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. All right. <laughs> but I have crawfish on my shirt. That's what I thought of crawfish. Focus, Justin, focus. All right. What manifested healing? What was the cause? Jesus. The manifestation was healing. The man was healed. I mean, I have no doubt that he was healed. Um, but there was a manifestation, but there was a cause, and it was Jesus, and they, they displayed that. Um, <laughs> there's only so much time. I'm glad. There's, the good thing is there's another Sunday coming next week. So I'm trying to figure out where how I want to get to the end of this. Um, all right, we'll, we'll hit this and then we'll wrap up. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, For this reason I remind you to fan the flame, uh, to fan into flame the gift of God. Now, many times people have used this as pointing towards the gifts, and it's not. He's saying singular, the gift of God, which is the Holy Spirit. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. So we, we do have a, a part to play in it which is in you, what's in you, the Holy Spirit. That's what you're fanning into flame. Through the laying on of my hands, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now, all of us like to talk about power and love, but let's talk about the third thing. Yeah, self-discipline. That's fun, right? Huh? Preacher white boy. Self-discipline is my favorite. I'm just joking. It's not. To put on other people. <laughs> right? I wish other people would have some more self-discipline. Mostly in traffic. No, I'm just kidding. But I think it's, <laughs> I think it's important that he, he ties these together. Why? Because he knows what's best for you. He knows that you have freedom. We have free. You have freedom. You're free to do what you want. But he recognizes that in that freedom, we're governed by the lo- our love for our brothers. So the self-discipline comes from self. <laughs> it's self-explanatory. So many selves. Self-discipline is self-explanatory. So you, you have that because not, not in a way that you have some accountability partner that checks you all the time, although if you do, that's fine, but in a way that you have the Holy Spirit that is your internal compass that leads you into these, these directions. He, he, he doesn't just comfort you. He leads you. The Holy Spirit is not, and I think it's one of the, I don't know. I've heard so many sermons that just completely neglect the Holy Spirit. And it drives me nuts because it's such an integral part that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God are inseparable. You can, you can read this whole Bible and not have the Holy Spirit and you would have a lot of knowledge. But we have to have the Holy Spirit for this, for this book to come to life to us. It's very important. <laughs> it is important, importanto. It's very important. So, and, and I'll... Let me read this to you. This is, if I can find it. What did I do with it? Oh, here it is. Um, we'll put it this way. And this is, I get this a lot, and, and people will, will struggle with reading Scripture and understanding what it means. Has anybody ever had a hard time? Um, I've had several, I'm, most of the conversations I have with youth is just that, that I have a hard time understanding what's going on. It's a different culture. They're talking about reaping and sowing and all these different things. I, I like the way Watchman Nee puts it here. It says, a few days ago, a brother sent me a, uh, a box of candy. The box was very big and had flowers printed on it. It was wrapped in peach-colored paper with a letter attached saying that the candy was a gift for me. I can say that what I received was a paper box. I did not receive the candy itself. I did not even taste the candy. What was in my hand was a paper box. What I had, But what I had actually received was the candy because the candy was in the box. What I took home was the box, but at the same time, I took the candy that came in the box. What we receive today is the word of God, but what we receive into us is the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we receive the word of God, we get the work of the Lord. For the Lord's work is in God's word. When one believes today, he is not believing that the Lord has done something for him. Listen to this. He is believing in the word of God, but when one believes in the word of God, the Lord's work is automatically applied to him. Hence, If you say that you are not very smart, that you cannot understand the work of the Lord, I will say to you that God does not require you to believe in the work of the Lord. He only requires you to believe in God's word. When you believe in God's word, you will obtain his work in the word. He gives you the ability to see things that you couldn't see without the Holy Spirit. I am not a learned man. (laughs) I dropped out of high school in the 10th grade, I think. I'm 
I, I don't think that I'm ignorant in, in certain ways, but I'm, well, I got my GED court appointed, but I got my GED. <laughs> hey. And the judge allowed me to be a juvenile offender, so I have nothing on my record. Yay. No one knows except I just told you all. <laughs> Apparently what I took home was the paper box. How do I know that it contained candy? When I got home, I removed the colored paper and opened the box and took out the candy. Thank the Lord. This is how the Holy Spirit works. We receive God's word by faith, and the Holy Spirit opens up the work of the Lord that is contained in God's word. Therefore, we must realize that the work of the Holy, the work of the Holy Spirit is fellowship. The Holy Spirit conveys the work, of the, the work of the Lord contained in God's word to us. Without the Holy Spirit's conveying, God's word remains only the word. But when the Holy Spirit comes, the word is opened up. Hence, God has prepared the Lord Jesus. He has also prepared the Holy Spirit for this work of fellowship. The word and the Holy Spirit not only are not mutually exclusive, they cannot be. They work in tandem together. It's the only way it works. Yes. Yes. I know that was a lot. Wait for it. Wait for it. Thank you. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong. Are you saying basically we, we come, like, we hear kind of like the, like we say the word of God, kind of like the truth of the gospel and like who God is. And then we hear that and we're like, we choose to believe. Right. And then as we believe that like with life with God, that opens us up to like relationship essentially. Is that what you're saying? It does, but more specifically understanding scripture clearer than you could if you were just learning okay. it intellectually. Yeah, so, so what it does is it it turns a historic book into a living word. Okay. And so specifically talking about not being able to understand scripture and what it means, mm -hmm. you know, what what the Holy Spirit did for me, what I, I did not like reading. I still am not crazy about reading. Mm -hmm. I read because only because I care about what God's doing. <laughs> but it's because the Holy Spirit did that. Made it attractive to me to read his word, but not only attractive, he made it clearer to me. Okay. Because, yeah, because it did, yeah, it's, it is. Because I didn't understand it before. I was like everybody else, like, none of this makes any sense to me. Why? Literally, I thought reaping and sowing was because my, my grandmother sowed. I didn't know it was about fields and stuff. It was until the Holy Spirit began to open up my eyes and see things, and I cared enough to look into this stuff. Same thing with Greek and Hebrew, man. I've learned so much about Greek and Hebrew over the years. It's like, this is amazing. And I could care less about Greek and Hebrew in the 10th grade when I was, you know what I mean, not, not doing anything like that. So more specifically, that's not, more specifically it's talking about when you hear the word of God, when you hear the gospel and you believe, because that's the only work that's left, there's no works that we could do. When we believe, our eyes are open to something that we could never see in scripture before. Okay. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. So like with the box, like you open it up and then there's the candy. It's like... When, it's kind of like when you walk through, like, I guess, like, walking into, like, the gates of Disney World or something. Like, on the outside, like, there's just, like, nothing really going on. And you walk in, and, like, suddenly you can see all this stuff you couldn't before kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, there's lots of different analogies. But same thing, like, if you, took a, if you could take a peek and see that heaven was there. Okay, okay, yeah. You may not see all of it. You may just see through, like, a, a tiny little, I, I imagine in my head, because I live in cartoons in my head. <laughs> imagine, like, tearing something and looking and, and just just for a moment, seeing this crazy, like, lights, you know, whatever yeah. you think heaven would look like, and then it being closed again and going, whoa, that's really there. Now, mm -hmm. nothing can change that. Like, that's real. I want to learn more about that. Mm -hmm. I want to understand it clearer. I want to I be a part of it. So it's like that. It's like a same thing with, well, I'm, I'm kind of getting to another analogy, but, but yeah. Is that, yeah, is that makes that sense. Okay. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure. Okay, sure. Yes. Um, that actually plays well in talking about the, the gift of prophecy because a lot of times if a word of prophecy has specific information, like, like, like they, if they know something, if, the, if God reveals to the, speak, the person that's speaking something specific about that in, individual, the fact is not that like they know their wife's name or, or something like that. Right. The fact is all of a sudden it, it's like a peek behind the veil. It's like this God that's been conceptual all my life that I've heard about Suddenly becomes a real person that knows me and knows this thing about me, and that blows their mind more than the actual payload of the word. It's right. the real realization that God is so real. From from conception to reality to relationship. Yeah. So not, not it's not that this God, this distant God, wants me to do this or doesn't want me to do that, but this distant God is not distant. 
He knows me. That's the key. That's the opening up of the box and saying, okay, this is, this is not just an idea. This is not just a theology. This is not just an addition to my life, but it is, it's life itself, right? I just feel like I have to say this about prophecy. Um, a lot of people can be afraid of it because they think that God's going to send someone to be like, you know, expose them, expose all of their sin and like, you know, say like, you're bad, like, you know, like God, you just feel like that God's angry. And I don't know why I'm so nervous. I don't get nervous thinking. You know, but, <laughs> um, the truth is that, you know, going along with like, that we're called to build up the church, build up each other in love and speak the truth in love. Um, God's going, you know, he's going to cause us to, you know, if you're prophesying or speaking a word, he's going to cause that person to see like the truth in love. He's going to like expose who, how God sees you. And that's going to be a good thing. It's never, it's not something to be like afraid of. So I don't know. That's just really important. I used to be afraid of that. Well, I think along those same lines, we in our culture have a tendency to always default to the negative in areas where one of my daughters is more headstrong and, and like hard-headed and strong-willed and all this stuff. And, and everyone wants to default to the negative. She's going to be your troubled kid. And I don't. I say, well, no, she's going to be the leader. She's more of a natural leader. She's going to go in a different direction. It's, why do we default to the negative? Same thing people say, well, the truth hurts. Does it always? It doesn't. The truth doesn't always hurt. More, more times than not, the truth is good. It's good news. Sometimes you're just a jerk, right? <laughs> determined. determined, that's right, determined. And so I think for whatever reason, and it may not just be our culture, but it's just because I'm in our culture, so, but we always seem to default to the negative, do we not? On a lot of these things, we do the same thing with prophecy. It's like, well, I don't want somebody to read my mail. Like, I got some bad mail. <laughs> I, ain't trying to, I don't think you know what kind of mail I get, but I don't want anybody to know that. The woman at the well had real bad mail, and Jesus read all of it, and then told her, and then told her, "You've been looking." Oh man, that's good. You, you, and he told her good news. It wasn't, it wasn't to shame her. He said, "Yeah." He said, "He said you, yeah, you've been, you've been married several times, and the man you're with is not your husband. But what you're looking for in men, you will find in me." That's pro. That's do what? He gave a resolution. He gave her yeah, exactly, and this is. God, you're getting me on all these tangents. This is what led me. This is what led me. I grew up listening to to rap, like all the worst gangster rap you could ever imagine, and it was all it was all about killing and drugs and and girls and all bad stuff, all bad stuff. I, what I identified with was the poverty because we lived in a rough area and government assisted housing and food stamps, and so I, I could identify. And I understand that people identify with the struggles and the poverty and the drugs and the guns and different things like that. But what, what that music never gave me was the solution. It just identified with the problem. When, when I was born again, I struggled because I still liked the rhyming and the wordplay and the different things with rap music, but all the Christian rappers were cheesy. I was thankful, <laughs> I was thankful that eventually some of them got better, and I was able to, to listen to music that not only could identify with my struggles, but gave me, with, gave me a solution, right? And it's not that I don't listen to any secular music. I do. But for the most part, I listen to mostly Christian music. Why? Because why would I ever go back to just identifying with problems when I can have music that gives me solutions? Whether it's worship music or rap music, it doesn't matter. It's the solution. It's not just identifying with the problem. That was the difference. So I don't know where I was. And seeking for resolution in the wrong places, and she didn't know that there was another way, right? She hadn't been told yet that there was another way. And so when he came, he let her know that she, once she was seen, that her suffering was seen, and that she didn't have to keep going to the places that she was going before to have true freedom. Yep. And so that's why she had to go tell everybody about it when it happened, because he set her truly free in that moment. And I think, I think she was trying to divert when she started talking about, well, you people worship on this mountain, and we worship on this mountain. This guy's going to come one day. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's me. Not one day. Whoa, that's good. Right now. He said, no, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm your solution right now. That's, that's the word we need to hear today, right now, not someday. Same thing when, when Mark talked to me about being pastor. I was like, well, someday I might do that. No, I need you to do that today. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds fun. I'm going to be a pastor now. So, yeah, well, I see hands popped up. Who am I? 
I just, okay, you have a mic. This goes along with what I was saying earlier, but um, okay. So in Romans it says, "Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you?" Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that it's His kindness um, his, is intended to turn you from your sin? Yep. So it's His kindness that draws us always. It's his kindness, it's His goodness that leads us to repentance. Meta, metanoia, repentance, means change the way that you see things, which is a result. Once again, is a manifestation. Your mind changes a result of the reality in your heart, not the other way around. You don't. You don't just learn a new way to live. You receive new life, and then you learn a new way to live from that new life. Okay. Um, yes, Pam. Wait. And then i got to wrap up or Buddy's going to murder me in the face. He only has like three people over there. Okay, we're good. <laughs> I, received, <laughs> I received prophecy maybe 15 years ago, and some of you probably don't know that, you know, I've lived with chronic illness, and... Uh, the first thing he said to me was, I see you like a rusty bridge. And uh, at first you think that's negative. And then he said, but, there's always the, but you're very strong. Hmm. And uh, you have a brand new coat, red coat of paint. Hmm. And uh, he said, just, you know, relish in that strength. And and as the years have gone by, I've thought about that several times, and it, it was so positive for me because it was like the river of circumstance that I was strong over. Wow. And the red, all, of course, represented Christ, that I was covered in Christ, and yeah. he was giving me that strength. Wow. So, um, you know, what Lauren said, the, the, um, the prophecy is to encourage. It is. So, and it's... Going along those lines, prophecy is a manifestation of a gift to what? Build up, to encourage, to build up the church, to build up the body. Now, let's jump back to my Jeep analogy. So, <laughs> not a rusty Jeep. Rusty Jeep's hard to work on. So, I see, I see these two types of people, especially in church, in, in most days, and there's the type that will, and I, this is an analogy, so don't beat me up about what you drive. I don't really, I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. It's an analogy. So I see this type of person that drives a Honda Accord or a Honda Civic with their doors locked and their windows up and trying to just get from point A to point B, right? And then I see this person in a Jeep with no doors on, <laughs> with the music turned up, just completely impractical, um, but living life. And I see those two things really, even as I was in worship, I saw those two, two things even more vividly. How, how the gospel and the gifting works in and through us um, and the manifestation of those gifts. If we take the approach of being afraid and safe all the time with our doors locked and our windows and being, being I'm not saying be irresponsible, hear me, this is just specifically for this. Or do we want to be, you know, that's fine if it's not really fine. But that's not, a, that's, not a, that's not living. That's just really breathing to death. Over here, I would rather be in the Jeep with the doors off, flinging joy and peace and love to people that don't deserve it. It's completely impractical. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all, right? Um, I've seen so, over the years specifically, and probably what kept me out of church a lot, especially in my teen years, is I saw people that went to church that were very rigid and very mean and had lots of opinions, but didn't, I didn't see a lot of caring. And, um, and they were afraid. It was like they were hiding, waiting for you know, Jesus to come back. And I didn't see a lot, of, a lot of life in that. I saw a lot of fear and anxiety and stress. And that's not what the Holy Spirit brings. The Holy Spirit brings a, a type of extravagant, scandalous love that has you buying a stupid Jeep and taking the doors off. And, and I'm not saying it causes you to do that. I'm just saying it's that, it's that type of picture that I see that's just like, you know what? This is completely illogical. I should give up on this person. Like, this is completely illogical. They don't deserve, they don't deserve this. And, it, and I challenge you to look back at what you deserved and what you got. And you'd be much more apt to live that adventurous lifestyle to to love more freely and more extravagantly and to not be afraid. When, when the Bible we just talked about, the Spirit does not, does not make us timid. It does not make us afraid. It gives us power. 
and, and love and self-discipline. It gives us these things so that we can share them with other people. So our, our gauge for what the, the manifestations of the Spirit are what people need. We submit to that willfully. I didn't even get to the session of Christ, which is where I wanted to get, that Jesus is seated. It's the reason why we believe that we are still operating in the gifts. It hasn't stopped because Jesus is seated and he's still making intercession for us. Maybe we'll get to that next week. But the reason why we're so bold, the reason why we have this, this power and this love is because of what Jesus did for us. It is because of who he is in and through us. And it's the reason why we can do things that are completely illogical where we love and pray for and care for people that may absolutely not deserve it. That is the truth of the gospel. All right, stand up with me. Father, I thank you that um, that your truth is good news, that we don't have to try to to hype it up and, and make it more palatable. It is what it is. And the more we talk about it, the better it gets. So Lord, I thank you that you are the one that gives us the gifts. You are the one that, that, that manifests your nature in our human bodies. You are the one that calls us out to love those that are around us. You are the one that sacrificed yourself. You were the one that was sinless so that we would not be, be continually in prison to sin. Lord, you gave us freedom so that we could set others free. Lord, help us to see that. In every moment of every day, Lord, highlight those people that are around us that need you. Lord, help us to see that need, to see like you see and hear like you see, hear like you hear. Lord, open our eyes and ears to your reality, to your kingdom, and to your love and your peace and your joy and your righteousness, Lord, not by merit or own abilities, but because of what you did for us. Help us to share that. Just like, like Peter said, I, I, I can't give you silver or gold, but I can give you what I have. Lord, we have to know that we have something and we have you. Lord, help us to give it freely in Jesus' name. Amen.